You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. What's up? What's the much, up? much more handsome cone, brother. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Oh, you know, the I'm, more I, handsome I cone. I get it. I get I it. Like I like it. I do still have hair <laughs> on the top of my head, so. Uh... <laughs> wow, hey, thanks, Nick. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Good, nice. Nice. All right, the, well, the, that was Nick. We're going to go ahead and push right. him right out the door. Uh, the the shit talk has already him. begun. Uh, I love Brian this. has better beard than me, though. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat still. Santa's beard, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah. Hey, Nick, just can you boost your microphone just a little bit? <clears throat> I'm, you're just a little quiet, I think. There Snuggle we go. up. To... There Snuggle we go. up. Snuggle yeah. up. You got to project. Nice and close. So we got the Cohn brothers. This is great. I yeah, love man. it. Not the Cohen brothers who no. made all those great movies, but the Cohen better, brothers. Better than the Cohen. Better than the Cohen brothers. I mean, we are <laughs> technically making movies. We're we're filming True. some YouTube right now. Nick was uh oh, Nick was nice. in the shop the last couple of days forging out his very first knife. So that's I saw some of that. That's, that's kind of awesome. fun. That's kind of fun. You know, normally when you are forging your very first knife, you go, you know, something pretty easy, maybe a drop point hunter or like a smaller chopper. Not so I went to Nick. Bread. It was like, hey, we're, we're going to spend the next couple days forging out your first ever knife. What do you want to do? What'd you say, Nick? Uh, yeah. Offset serrated bread knife. Oh, yeah, why not? Right? Forged to shape, uh, you know? offset serrated bread knife, of course. With a hand-tooled let's... leather sheath and... <laughs> Fucking let's go, I guess. Right. Right in the and, and to give a, a little context, so Nick is a, a chef, right, Nick? So you're you're thinking in terms of something that you could use in your arsenal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much one of the knives I don't have yet. Brian's made me quite a few, but... 
Nice. Yeah, just a, a serrated bread knife. <laughs> so I figured, uh, why not? <laughs> Go right yeah. into it. I'm also thinking to add an additional layer of complexity, you could make it a folding serrated. <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. You know, you could you think about this mm-hmm. now. There could be a market for this. You, you know, say you're walking around the park. There's this yeah. cute girl just sitting there with a loaf of bread. With a baguette. With a baguette. <laughs> and baguette you're like, needs cut. hey, listen. And she's like, I don't have a knife. And you're Is like, that a Dude. baguette in your pocket? <laughs> what's up and you pull out this huge offset serrated folding bread knife and uh cut her knife and then you guys live happily ever after four kids later i mean yeah. i'm just thinking out yeah. loud here four this kids could be a game countless change. loaves of bread later there's yeah. loving, yeah. A, loving an elevator and then there's loving a baguette <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. So if you haven't already figured this out, uh, you're listening to the Work For It podcast, and we are all having a great 2022 so far. I hope you are too. Um, you know, I basically, we had a little technical issue this morning. Yeah, ben is, was running in, as usual, running into some technical difficulties, yeah. but that's all right because uh, we talked him through it. The traveling and now we're, we're all four of us around here, which is fantastic. And I want to just um, preface the entire show with we have Brian and Nick Cone of B Cone Knives, and Nick is in town from Nashville and yeah. he's visiting his brother. So yeah. uh, Brian said, you know, hey, let's get him on the show and let's have him on and and let's let's discuss some stuff. So yeah, that's man. what we're doing today, and we're yeah. all having coffee, I assume. Yes, gentlemen, we're all oh, yeah, drinking. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, we're doing it now. It was supposed to be eight o'clock, but eight thirty. It's still early right. enough. Yeah. It's still early enough. You gotta, you gotta you know, get caffeinated for the day. You know what's crazy is I, I literally started my day at quarter to four, Goodness and still that. managed to be a half an hour late for the damn podcast. <laughs> You're a busy dude, man. You, you, you've been to the airport twice already. <laughs> twice, this yeah, twice. <laughs> Twenty-five minute drive uh, at four a.m. and a forty-minute drive at eight. <laughs> or wow. seven thirty or whatever on the way back. And, Pittsburgh. And uh, uh, give Pitt- the, give the pro tip about the uh, the one wheel or the the yeah oh. skateboard. <clears throat> lithium ion batteries. And I don't know. This may have been a thing for a while now, but they are not allowed anywhere on an airplane in the United States anyway. Whether really? it's checked or uh, carry on, I found out. Like the big ones. Like <laughs> yeah, that, like that the big guys, like sk- tool skateboard. batteries. or So yeah. Sammy got a, one of those hoverboard things from from the guy with the hair on his jaws. And I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, somebody mentioned that they had a hoverboard in there because it was at the ticketing desk, you know, mm. where they like take your bag and put it on the conveyor belt there right when you first check in. So I don't think they would have looked through the bag then and it wouldn't have hit the x-ray until it went back you know so somebody must have somebody in our group must have mentioned hoverboard and the ticketing agent said uh-uh not gonna fly so damn quite literally damn thing, not gonna fly yeah That's... the damn thing wasn't even charged so i couldn't even ride it back to my car <laughs> oh bummer it's like uh... sam you're failing on all all accounts here dude <laughs> But anyway, we got him off to the airport. I'm in Pittsburgh right now. We, um, at the start of all this crazy stem cell stuff, ended up renting an apartment here 
Uh, so my mom or whoever was coming to visit me didn't have to, you know, hotel up or anything like that. Cause home from here is about two and a half, three hours on a good day away. So it's kind of nice. Got a little home base down here and, right. uh, little outpost for yeah it works out pretty Pittsburgh good shenanigans when i need a little uh you know city air i can leave the country come down here to this row house and hang out for a while but yeah that good old pittsburgh city air you know pittsburgh's kind of crazy it's changed a ton uh my wife christy went to college here in pittsburgh and i went about an hour away in indiana pennsylvania and spent a fair bit of time down in pittsburgh college days and uh it's changed a ton i mean this this whole city is just being flipped you know all the old steel mill sites and everything are all you know turning into brownfield developments and this little town we're in or neighborhood i guess called lawrenceville i mean they have such a vibrant downtown last night i took a walk they have a damn shoe store you know like an old school shoe store selling nikes and whatever you know, sneakers that I'm thinking, man, business must be damn good if people are going to a shoe store again. <laughs> sure, you know? sure. So I really think that every time cool. I walk into a macaroon store. Yeah, right? <laughs> How the hell does anybody make the rent selling right. $5 macaroons? I, I don't even know. All those crazy. like like $5 and or even $10 items, right? It's 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 a hard way to make a living. That's a hard hustle, man. Yeah, every transaction yeah. you got it. Well, we're glad you're on the podcast. Yeah, I'm glad uh, to be here. And- first first podcast of 2022 mm-hmm. January yeah, sure. we're crushing it as always uh we're, we're working for it you know so oh, all right so, so speaking Brian of- and Nick I I want to oh, hear ahead. I I would like to know a little bit about Nick's yeah. uh career and what he does and where he works and just a little Absolutely. bit about yourself Nick not to put you on the spot but but we're putting you, know, you on hey, the spot. Oh, well, we shoot. want to know. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Well, uh, right out of high school, I went to culinary school. Did that for four years. Did culinary arts and food and beverage management, which is more front of house. And uh, after that, after that, I uh, figured I'd move to Nashville because our Brian and my sister moved down there about five years ago. She runs a couple Jimmy John stores down there. Runs around managing a bunch of stuff. A lot of baguettes. (laughs) (laughs) I do actually think. See a theme here, Nick. (laughs) I do think they actually did have like a something called a Frenchie that it was a sandwich made on a baguette. So I've I've heard that move. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that move. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, it's it's been a good time. Realized real early that pretty much everybody in Nashville is a a musician. Yeah. I think my uh, my mailman is like the backup bass player for the Grand Ole Opry or some shit like no, that. No shit, that's cool. It's Nashville just, is is it's like that. Polluted, it's, right? Right, right. Everywhere you go in Nashville, there's just musicians and right. a lot of everybody them have worked with famous people. It's it's interesting to yeah. everybody has a guitar and knows how to sing, and I don't have either of those skill sets. Well, you can play yeah. like the trumpet, baritone, and tuba, right? Which that's not very not very popular instruments in. Country yeah, music, the city of country music. Nobody counts. <laughs> Not a whole lot of anymore. requests for a, a a tuba player down there, or trumpet, or any of that. That's funny. I was I was listening to a, a interview with Sturgill Simpson, the country. I don't know if he's truly country, or I guess he is music singer. Mm-hmm. 
who and he lived has he lived in Nashville like three times I think trying to make it you know as a musician and now he's kind of like revolutionizing country music you know out of Nashville he uh he camped out in John Prine's studio there I guess John Prine has this like massive studio building and he spent a ton of time in the basement of John Prine's studio recording a Rest lot of his peace, music. John Prine. Right. Rest How about it? COVID yeah. took him, yeah. It oh, man. Yeah. I got, a, I got a chance to see John live, actually, oh, one no time. Shit. Yeah, he came down to Florida. Um, he, it was, uh, man, couple, it must have been five years ago or something. Um, yeah. Awesome musician. I, I, Just, I, I'll tell you, the, 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 the way Nashville works is like the heartbeat of music. Yeah. I when I was going through captain school, my partner uh, was a South African guy named Gary Hannon, and uh, we're we're BSing or whatever and talking, and you know, over the course of a few weeks, you get to know a guy, especially when you're learning how to drive a boat and do all this stuff. And uh, yeah. and and I said to him, "Well, what what are you doing this for?" You know, and he says, "Well, I just bought a yacht, so I want to learn how to drive it." And, um, and we got to talking and he says, yeah, cause I just came down from Nashville. I moved here. He's like, um, I got, I got to leave in a couple of days to go to the CMAs. And I was oh, like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, so I'm going to miss a couple of classes if you could fill me in. And I was like, sure. Why are you going to the CMAs? He says, have you ever heard of that, that song tequila makes her clothes fall off? Oh, no like, shit. Yes. And he says, I wrote that. And I saw no that too. Yeah. So when I got a real education on how music is written and turned into a, like a yeah. hit song, basically a lot of these artists, you know, they don't write any of their own music. They just, right. you know, these guys like this they guy, find a John South, Prine or that. Yeah, guy to, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who's not beautiful, who right. doesn't right. have like all yeah, these right. other talents sits down and writes this song, brings it to the producer or whoever. And then if they, you know, gets picked and then they, you know, they hash it out and figure it out. And then this guy yeah. gets like 1% of the sales or whatever. Gary was right. a great guy. In fact, he had written m numerous songs and when, and he was like at the heart of an entrepreneur, when you talk to this guy, he had owned restaurants and bars in somewhere in Florida here. I don't remember where. Huh. And then one day he just realized like he's sitting there listening to these guys write music and play music in his bar, you know, and he'd started talking to a few of these guys. They're like, you know where the money is, man. You got to like write a hit song. So this dude, like, fuck it, I'll write he a hit can song. do it and <laughs> sits down and writes tequila, makes her clothes fall off and sells it to whoever. Right. And, wow. um, yeah, and just, and Some he's like, yeah, I just is... bought a yacht, so I want to learn how to try. Yeah, right. Say, one percent <laughs> of a song like that is still right. a boatload, literally yeah, no a boatload right? full of money. <laughs> By the time you start adding in, like, streaming rights and all that other stuff, it's, right. Yeah. Right, you know, and yeah. some, some of those songs, too, have been around for years. You know, if you, if you find a musician that actually writes their own music, oftentimes, like if you search YouTube or whatever, you can find videos from eight, ten years ago of them singing that same damn song. That's right. You know, and it's like sometimes it takes forever, and other times, like like that dude, you know, you're literally an overnight success. But anyway, that's crazy. Nashville. What else? What's finished the story there, Nick? Uh, when I <laughs> when I first moved down there, my uh, I had an instructor in culinary school that knew a head chef at a pretty upscale steakhouse. So I kind of got a foot in there for an interview. 
I went in there and they told me, you know, hey, we'll, you know, call you back for another interview. And I waited a day and I kind of figured, hmm, that one probably didn't work out. So I just Googled fine dining Nashville and just wrote down the first five restaurants that popped up, printed off five resumes. And the first one I walked into, I, uh, I got the job. It's goofiest interview I've ever been through. Uh, took about three minutes, went in there, gave the dining room manager my resume. He's like, oh, the chef's here. Went to the back. This old dude, I think he was about 70, 75, hunched over, long white hair, comes kind of shuffle-stepping around the corner. Picks up my resume, looks at it for about 40 seconds, asks me a couple questions about the last restaurant I worked in in Michigan. Asked me when I could start, and I said, uh, you know, whenever you need me. He's like, all right, 3 o'clock tomorrow. Slid the resume across the, the bar back towards me and walked back to the kitchen. Like, all right, cool. So 3 o'clock the next day, showed up and started going down there. Uh, then COVID hit about five months later. So that was the first five months in Nashville was a good time, but then it got pretty shitty pretty quick. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, every, every, every restaurant closed down for what? Eight months, nine months. Then after that, I got a job at a catering company, but we were doing the food for the Nashville Predators, which is the NHL team down there. So that was a pretty cool experience. Well, uh, Nick, go, go ahead and talk about the crazy schedule yeah. of working for the Predators. Oh, yeah. Uh, we started the hockey season with five cooks and that same old chef from that first five restaurant. Cooks. How many uh, but, people were you feeding typically? Um, between the players, coaches, trainers, and because of COVID, they had doctors and nurses. Yeah. I think it was 60-some for the team. Okay. But like the opening. Is but, that – a COVID thing or, or was, is this like, yeah, they always of, have cooks because of COVID. They usually have a, a team of cooks in the stadium for them, but because of COVID they had to reduce the number of people in the building at one time. Yeah. So they just hired this catering company to just bring in the food. Yeah. We started the season with and five cooks. This is like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Three meals a day when they were in town and when they were flying out of town, we had to deliver to the private airport for their jet to fly out. Which that was goofy as hell because, uh, We'd pretty much roll up in the chef's truck with the hot boxes full of food in the bed. We'd go into the private airport, I guess, lounge, <laughs> and uh, the chef would just schmooze the front desk lady. We'd get a pass, no security check. Nobody looked at us. Nobody looked at the <laughs> truck, and we just got right onto the runway. And there was a road connecting the oh, private shit. airport to the public or to the commercial airport. So it was like, yeah, shit, shit, what, what? Like no X-rays, no That's nobody looked no at anything. <laughs> yeah. My chef told me, "Yeah, you could you could get pretty much anywhere with a chef coat and a hot box." <laughs> He's telling me <laughs> that he uh, <laughs> that he was uh, delivering food to the state capitol building in Tennessee, and uh, he just made it through like half a dozen secret security checks just because he was carrying a hot box. Basketball at that point, he already baguettes. he already uh, <laughs> he already. D- dropped off the food he was just carrying an empty hot box and he said just security guards like oh yeah yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> i suppose it'd be a pretty pretty good way you know you could always you have a have at least one meal to give the security guard you know right <laughs> hey have some ice cream bob <laughs> pass through but yeah uh, back back to it uh we started the season with five cooks and everybody's doing mm-hmm. a comfortable 35 to 45 hours the workload is nice and spread out and then cooks just started dropping off and we finished the season with two me and wow. this other guy as it was it was crazy Damn. well kind of turned guess, into a nightmare experience kind of quick but 
out of the well, frying pan hours, into the fire. How many hours were you working at the end? Uh, somewhere between 70 and 80 a week at Damn. the end. We're just cruising before the sun comes up and leave work right before midnight and do it all over again the next day. You know, and so you can it, do that for so long, but then you just burn the hell out, don't you? Yeah, so yeah. Nick, it burned t- out pretty good. When when you're pushing this hard, I assume you're similar in age to your brother, like you're twenty. Three years younger. Okay, so you're mid twenties. Right. You can do that in your mid twenties. You know, you can yeah. push like that, but like as you get older, that just becomes, you know, taxing on the mind and the body. It pushes and, back, and so. And I know you have that good old Midwestern work ethic, you know, <laughs> that I grew up around, which is you work until it's the job is done. I mean, that's literally right. how it goes. Yeah. But when I moved to Florida, there was this thing called Island Time that I realized real quick <laughs> that everybody here had, um, unless you were from somewhere else, which is why I was so valuable when I moved to Florida. They go, oh, you're not from Florida? You're hired. Like they were just like, you're just, you're, yeah. you, oh, you're from Chicago? You're hired. And it was real easy to get a job. I'm curious in Nashville, is there that same kind of like, is, do you run into right. a lot of people who are, Hey, I'm cooking today, but I really want to be a musician. And so I'm really working towards that, but I, this pays the bills kind of thing. Right. Right. Run into that a lot. But something I kind of notice is like being like half an hour late is not a big deal down there. Really? Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird. Cause like, you know, I don't know, just growing it's, up, I was always taught, you know, be, 10 minutes yes. earlier you're late yep, yep. and then and then some some dudes just roll in half hour 45 even some god we had one cook that just was never anything less than an hour late every day Jesus. that'd be me <laughs> <laughs> there's the bend in the group ben were you born in florida by chance <gasps> oh well it's i i noticed the same thing um almost when you hit like <clears throat> west of the mississippi you know, or maybe south of the Mason-Dixon in a way, uh, both of those, like Boise and other Western states I've lived in, you know, I've lived in Montana and Washington and spent time in a lot of other places. But in general, in the West, it's the same way. You know, everything's much more laid back. I come back East here and it's almost like you get off the airplane and you can feel the stress, you know, like yes. you're instantly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Behind. Philadelphia, when you get off that yeah. that airplane in Philadelphia Airport, everyone looks like they just walked out of a coal mine and scraped yeah. the dirt off of them. Yeah, I, oh I mean they're just they just look like they've worked so hard their whole yeah. lives. You know what I mean? It's just and Chicago is really similar. Similar, yeah. Boise, you know, maybe you see one and one out of three people, you know, nosing their phone, looking like they're you know scoring crack. cocaine or something you know but um you come back here and it's you know probably three out of five you know or you know 90 percent of the people are like making business transactions while they ride the bus to work you know it's like jesus wait till you get to work right (laughs) but it's yeah i mean i i appreciate the hustle and i love the hustle i mean i that's i grew up in the thick of it as well but it, yeah. it is funny how geography really can change your outlook in a way, sure, but you never sure. lose that, right. uh, never lose having work as a hobby. <laughs> so Nick, are you still working for the predators? Where are you at now? Uh, no, I, now? uh, right now I'm be- between jobs. I, I left this, uh, country club I was working at just 
I don't know. Shit kind of blew up there. Well, actually, Nick. Well, first of all, you should talk about the country club and like the crazy food that you had cooked for there, and then talk about the how you ended up quitting. Yeah. So uh, this country club is you know for pretty well off people, uh, and yeah, pretty much every if if we served beef, it was like a five wagyu. It was like if we had oh, fish, man. it was like wild caught, just stupid expensive Hello. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, we were doing a dinner. There was a member that was coming from Texas. He was an out-of-state member. Uh, and he wanted barbecue. So we were getting, you know, brisket and, you know, Texas-style barbecue, salt, pepper, meat, smoke. That's it. If you want sugar and spice, put that in the in the sauce. <laughs> and uh, I was rubbing down this brisket with salt, salt and pepper. And the chef came by. He's like, hey, don't... Uh, don't mess that up, because that piece of meat costs us twelve hundred dollars. What? <laughs> like, God, do I have to put collateral down on this chef? Like, I have a right? Grand Prix in the parking lot. If I if I fuck this up, you can have that, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, you cut that steak a sixteenth of an inch too thick. <laughs> right. And then, uh, wow. And then, uh, shoot, when it would be late September, the head chef and the general managers got in a screaming match in the kitchen, bunch of bunch of FUs and, you know, just just going at each other. And eventually the chef just threw his apron on the floor and grabbed his knives and went. And then per, I'd say a good 70 to 80% of the kitchen staff just followed suit. And I was pretty good friends with him because he was from uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. So, of course, we kind of yeah. right off the bat became friends. And I had a friend that was the sous chef, and he was gone too. So I, uh, I don't know, I didn't really like it there too much. So <laughs> little... Mate, little, little too stressful. Like when the ingredients cost more than half of your possessions, like or right. majority of your possessions. Like, damn, I, I don't know if I'm good enough to do this yet. <laughs> don't so trust you, myself enough. Yeah. Do you, would, do you prefer? Because I, I assume. I mean, I was never. I, I actually, ironically enough, considered culinary arts school before I went to college. And changed my mind mostly because of the fear of having to work every weekend and holiday, and that was probably my old man. Yeah, not, sitting me down and it's not a whole <laughs> lot of fun doing that. But that's all. It's, it's all kind of relative, I'll bet. You know, that's kind right. of what, where I came to in the end. I was like, yeah, it's pretty relative. Every job's going to have moments like that. But um, do you prefer like making higher end food, or you know? Um, I don't know, like the $1,200 steaks, would you rather be, uh, working for a place like that or just more, uh, an average I mean, restaurant where you're producing a bunch more, you know, like more food, lower, I won't say lower quality, but you know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fun doing, doing high end stuff, like making the plates all pretty and, yeah. you know, using like really, but I actually do prefer doing like fast, easy, like pub yeah. fair, like. When I'm uh when I'm going back down south, I've been already looking at a bunch of breweries. There's a couple of breweries in Nashville that I mean like burgers and all that mm-hmm. kind of. But I enjoy doing that uh, fast and easy stuff. And uh, I mean they're still using cool ingredients like black garlic and truffle and yeah now all it's those like all that yeah like like easy food but good ingredients. I had and a that's, bison that's, burger that's right up there for night. me. Yeah, I had a bison burger last night with a coffee, Kona coffee rub. Oh. And uh, what else? It had something else. Oh, and some kind of pepper jelly on the bottom of it. It was killer. 
But I always thought that kind of stuff's fun where you can, you know, you take a simple burger. There's about a million ways. you. Can oh yeah. You can, you can doctor it up. It up. Yeah. A million it. ways. Yeah. It seems like, and maybe again, this is me not knowing the industry very well, but it seems like in a place like that, as a chef, you could kind of, you could kind of mold, mold your own way, you know? Um, right, right. You think right. that's true or, you, or are most oh, places yeah, pretty sure. well established and you just. Um, well, I mean, even if a place is established, you know, there's, you're always running specials and stuff so you can. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Do your thing, show off a little bit. Yeah. Even if you're running, even if you're only running the dish for one night out of the week, just still. Yeah. I was just getting, your, you never getting your style out there. You never know if, you know, your dish gets featured and everyone or like absolutely loves it, then. You know, right. you can kind of make Then you your get a spot there. on the menu. You get a spot on the menu, and then you get known for that, and then you open a small pub somewhere and right. go from yeah. there. Now, is that is that your, you know, long-term goal, just to open up your own stuff. restaurant? Or is oh, that... yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's ways off yet. I still got to learn the ropes a bit more. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. If one day own my own restaurant, do my own thing. Yeah. Have you seen things starting to bounce back with the COVID and all that madness? I mean, you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, down in Tennessee, I, mean, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody that gives a shit anymore, honestly. But yeah, it was one of the first of states that kind of just, yeah, you know. <laughs> I suppose yep. Tennessee and uh, Florida, kind of the yeah. first states, like you know, let's let's just get back to normal. Yeah. yeah. Idaho's that way for sure. I'm learning Pennsylvania's like that way quite a bit too, which kind of surprised me. Really? Um, yeah, hmm. pretty pretty loose, you know. Uh, there's still some places. You still, I see maybe, I don't know, one out of fifty people wearing masks uh, here in PA, but in Idaho, you you you, you can go out to three stores and two restaurants and probably not see a single person with a mask. Wow. You know, if they have to wear it, if it's required somehow, like at an airport, they will, but otherwise. Right. Airports and hospitals it, and stuff. Yeah. It's full send here in Florida. We have just decided <laughs> that we, yeah. we are going completely off the grid. And we were one of the first states. Right. Surprisingly enough, Florida was a progressive thinker. <laughs> well, right. Well, Brian, it's been full send in Florida forever on all fronts. <laughs> on, on all fronts. <laughs> it has We've all heard the Florida man stories. Yeah, you've got a mixture of like a lot of old money here, and uh, then you've got a mixture of that mixed with like rum and a lot of meth oh, and yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's kind of like this, but yeah, bubbling sort of ooze that just comes out. Like all the great <laughs> ideas come out of this this state for some. All reason. the Q-tips. Yeah, exactly. It's it's actually really crazy here because I still mask up like wherever I go because right. I, you know, call me crazy. I just don't want to get this stupid virus. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, it doesn't really bother me to wear a mask. And, and, um, so if like to give you a perspective, it's 85 degrees out full sun and I'm offloading 40 pound boxes out of my SUV to roll them into a post office while wearing a mask. <laughs> and everybody's because, looking at you because you're wearing yeah, a mask. People, and, yeah, like people are just like, wow, this guy's a nutcase. Not because and I'm wearing a back mask. brace. Yeah, yeah, so like I'm like, you know, full, you know, garb, you know, whatever. And the reason is, is because the counter person who worked at that post office actually died of COVID. Oh, no way. And, kidding. And uh, so they, the post off, that particular post office, one closest to my shop, 
has strict rules. Like if you walk in there and what was funny was, is they didn't before this guy got sick. So like you could go in there and not wear a mask and it was fine. And then he was an older guy. He was like in his sixties and he was beloved. Like everybody loved him. He got sick and died. And then um, now it's like, you have to wear a mask, you know? So they, they actually tell people like, you don't have a mask on, you can't be in here. Wow. And then people get, you know, upset. And then, and then they hand them like this little, picture of right this here guy. you go look here at, you go look this, at this is the thing. reason why yeah. and, right. and i guess that's kind of what has to happen right you know, people have to it has to hit home you know a little bit right, and then, right. you know whatever a ma- wear a mask is not a big deal to me so no i just do it but it hasn't been but, for uh, us either I, well and a big thing with me is I, I mean with the whole stem cell and everything i was like did not want you know that would have really put a damper on things <laughs> yeah you so have to get I, all yeah. revaccinated and everything oh, everything man. yeah and i so i got the first round of you know the first two shots and then actually got an antibody test uh like a month later and showed that i did not produce any antibodies so the first Weird. vaccine was you know basically pissing in the wind so well i feel like your situation yeah it's just different. a little bit different than the yeah. average <laughs> Always, <laughs> you could say that after every sentence with my name. So, in it. so Ben, I'm curious. I know that there was some talk that maybe the surgery you had the last time you yeah. may end up not needing the stem cell stuff. Yeah, right? is that what's going to happen? Are you going to get back to life or what? Not quite sure. I had a follow up with the surgeon last week. I think it was. Um, I don't remember. A week or so ago, and he. Uh, you know, now he's a, he's the surgeon. So he was a new player on the team, but he had a conference with the other team of doctors that I was working with for the stem cell stuff. And, um, the, the word, and I have an appointment coming up later this week, but the word is, uh, if we do it, it won't be right away. (laughs) And I said, well, what does right away mean? You know, I'm like, is that a month from now? Two months? He said, well, at least six months. Okay. Um, so I got to get the, the official word uh, from the stem cell team, and that'll be later this week. But it's looking, it's trending towards um, at, uh, you know, one possibility being wait six or so months and see how surgery does and if that sort of fixes problems enough then we push a little farther maybe another six months you know just kind of kind of test the waters three to six months at a time so that would be one possibility and then the other possibility would be yeah let's wait a year or more you know so so how are you feeling now i mean you're a couple I'm honestly, weeks after that you know like yeah. a month out of that surgery so I, i'm feeling damn good right? yeah oh good okay really you good. sound good i mean i can tell yeah. by listening to your voice and never having met you personally, like face to face, you get to know somebody sort of their the right. energy level that they have, you yep. know, and you sound 10 times better than oh, the last man. time I heard you, heard you. So I was, I think I was buried in stress for so long. That was part of the, the biggest part of it. You know, we, we were living our life, you know, two weeks at a time waiting to get a green light to come back here and spend six months away from my home family, <laughs> you know, everything else, job, the whole bit. So that was just like crushing my soul. And I, you know, when I got 
when we finished with the surgery and everything, I said, you know, I sat down with Christy and my parents and, you know, said, look, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm not playing this game of every two weeks. Are you, you know, are the test results good enough for you to start this stem cell shit? I said, if it's not a go, like as soon as I'm healed from, you know, the surgery, you know, scars healed, if it's not a go immediately, I'm going to tell him to fuck off and I'll call him in six months. <laughs> you know, like I, I needed to be back in the driver's seat. And I think mm-hmm. that's hopefully what surgery did. I think they repaired quite a bit of craziness in there. So I, my guess is that that's going to have a huge impact on overall health and it may be enough. The biggest problem is anything, any treatment that you apply is just that it's a treatment and it has a shelf life, you know, and it's not a cure. Stem cell wouldn't be a cure. There's a shelf life to that. In fact, good family friend of ours, uh, had cancer, fought it twice, like real bad fought it. And, uh, it's been two and a half years since he had a stem cell transplant that, completely erased his cancer but we found out last week it's back so it's like anything has a shelf life and uh so now we play that game of which which uh treatment is going to have the longest shelf life but i don't know i'm feeling pretty positive about it and i'm ready to start at least building the next you know start building the next thing for me so that's what i'm planning on doing whether doctors want me to or not (laughs) (laughs) nice well we're glad you're feeling better dude i mean yeah it it really was weighing on my mind during the holidays thinking you were going through all of that and then going through that surgery and everything right before and having to kind of like you know not that being with family is is like a difficult thing but no but it's also another stress yeah yeah (laughs) you're like you're trying to keep up with everybody and you don't feel good yeah i mean the nice thing listening to the story on the podcast that i missed was interesting to hear and that you were out at the the, the deer camp and all that right got sick. I mean, dude, <laughs> like, wor- worst case scenario right i mean oh man shit. but at the same token it was kind of like oddly good timing you know because i was gonna be back here anyway so i had a one-way ticket to pittsburgh at that point and christy and the boys and her mom had planned to go back to boise after thanksgiving and after hunting and everything and so the plan was I was going to jump right into stem cell, but instead I just jumped into surgery. And uh, so it actually strangely worked out pretty well. We had everything set up with the apartment here and everything else. And and then by the time I got out of the out of the jail cell there, you know, it was time for everybody to come back from Boise for the hall, for Christmas. So it was like, yeah, this kind of worked out as, as demented as it sounds. But <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, but I'll be back here for... I would guess uh, probably a month, a month and a half at least, you know, just to kind of give myself time to recover fully from surgery. And so I'll be farting around uh, on the homestead and probably shooting some videos there, actually. There we go. I was just going to, I was just going to ask. Yeah. You'll, you'll, I saw that you got some new tools from Skill. That oh yeah, they are sponsoring you now, um, which is huge, by the yeah, way. And really they cool. sent you a boatload 
of stuff. I don't know if you're allowed to talk. About I am. It. Yeah. I, I'll take two seconds to mention it. I've got a giveaway going actually on my Instagram feed and I need to post more about it, but I'll do that. Uh, I think it's like two posts back or something. If you go on my feed, it's actually pretty, I've, I've had skill power tools in my shop now for two, just over two years. And honestly, like I kind of chuckle every time I say it, but I've been really impressed with the freaking things. And you know, I'm, I still have that vision of Walmart tools when I think of skill at some level, but man, they've stepped up their game on their battery platforms. They've got a 12 volt, a 20 volt and a 40 volt. Oh, jeez. For like lawnmowers. Yeah. They run lawnmowers and shit off of the 40 volts, weed whackers. I've got a battery powered lawnmower. What oh, the yeah. heck? Yeah, man. It's badass. <laughs> I got a, a pole <laughs> no saw joke. that's battery powered. And the the one tool is a skill saw. So skill saw and skill are now combined. They're one entity. Okay. Uh, but skill saw, if you have ever been a framer or a carpenter, you know the Mag 77 is like the saw that built America or you know some crazy thing. Is that the worm drive? The worm drive. Yeah, yeah I have uh, one of those too. Blade. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Blade left, I think it is. Uh, yep. You know, perfect framing saw. Well, they put a 40-volt freaking battery on that thing and made it cordless. <laughs> Wow. And it runs like a raped ape. It's it's insane. <laughs> every contractor that I worked with, I don't yeah, know. Everyone. Hold on, I don't know if I've what, ever what used. I don't think I've <laughs> You've ever heard, heard that. That's got to be an eighties, eighties thing. An eighties. Ben, this must thing. be a construction thing because yeah. everybody used that term. On Run the like a raped set. ape. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> but that Mag seventy seven. Yeah, that saw. I think. I'm gonna use that. There's probably more of those things around. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Someone oh, needs to look up the origin that. story of. Rape here, Dave. I'm gonna just do it right now. Uh, what you call it? Essential Craftsman actually did a um, did a review. Well, he's done a number of videos on the rape Mag apes. 77, and <laughs> probably knows a thing or two about rape apes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pretty cool. So anyway, they sent me a six tool kit. It has, I think, a drill, a right angle impact driver. That was the one I was particularly interested in. Uh, it has a inflator, like uh, you basically punch in what air pressure you want. I think it goes up to 100 PSI. And you punch it in. You can pump up your tires on your car, your basketballs, whatever. And that thing's, so this is all 12 volt platform. And what else does it have? Oh, one of those oscillating tools. Like the fine multi-master kind of thing. Okay, cool. Um, and a couple, I don't remember all the tools. You can check out my post, but enter the giveaway. That they're having not. Is, is ridiculous. Oh, they're, they're lifesavers. I've got yeah. four of them. I mean, like. I have the I, Ryobi version. And when yep. I was building the mezzanine, like, imagine this. You're up on an I-beam, you know, 12 feet in the air. And you're trying to set another I-beam, but there's a furring strip in the way. And you oh, can't, and you can't, bitch. you know, it's an inch off. Everything right. will be an inch off if you don't get rid of that furniture. Trim strip. it out of there. That freaking oscillating tool cuts right through drywall. Yep. And then into a furring strip, which is treated some sort of harder wood. It's not pine. Yeah. And it, and, and it cut right into it. I mean, you and know, then it went into concrete. Yeah. Behind it. The only problem I've hit with those things, 
I have yet to find a blade that that'll hold up, you know, over time. Hold like they, edge, yeah. they seem to wear out so fast. I buy the whatever they are, titanium or carbide tipped ones, and they last a bit longer. But but yeah, those things have saved my ass a ton on installs and just odd jobs. They're just like the perfect tool for about everything. They're, now, they're almost if I like can... a if I can change the subject just for a second, yeah. Brian House just a second ago said an inch off on his mezzanine. Mm. There's well, something, you saw some, what he something did that with, happened there, you Brian? You saw what Atlas did to him on his post yesterday, didn't you? Dumping well, no, I shelf. actually got the mezzanine right. <laughs> I have it right on on the mezzanine because I did take the time to actually cut those furring strips out. There was multiple furring strips that were holding drywall away from a concrete wall, which is mm-hmm. code. You know, you can't like yeah. butt... Uh, drywall there's nothing to really mount it to anyway they probably so, just did it to keep a flat wall or something yeah and then they ran the furring strips long above it so like everything was oh. long and just kind of sticking out so i ended up having to cut it all back to make it fit very tight tolerances on that mezzanine by the way I'm yeah sure. and my father who is a, a structural engineer for many years and uh he's a general contractor i haven't seen him really haven't seen him in nine months he came to the shop yesterday and um, cause he's been in Illinois for a majority of the year last year. And <clears throat> he, uh, he came by and looked at my work and uh, gave the old attaboy. Uh, hey, <laughs> that's gotta feel good. Right. He, nice. Yeah. He, he was very, very impressed with the work, but um, that thing's yeah, impressive, so, man. That is, that yeah. Is a it's a beast. Man. Yeah. It's a beast. Uh, he, he did mention I should have a gusset in one location. He was like, ah, I think I put a yeah, gusset there. Tell if, him, if I were gusset over there and watch me, watch me do it. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he has to have a ton of experience with steel. So like I gave yeah. him, I gave him a piece of the I beam and I said, this is the, this is the piece that's running that way. And I handed it to him and he was like, Oh yeah, maybe not. You may not need it. But, uh, but yeah, so I got a chance to see my parents yesterday for the first nice. time in like nine months. Which oh, that's really so cool. nice. So yeah, they came by the new works that workshop. They hadn't actually seen it yet. So uh, they came by the workshop, checked it out. Um, and then right before they showed up, I was moving. I had, I'm working on a YouTube video where I am constructing uh, pallet racks. So I, when I order these kits, I get them everything on pallets, you know, and they're heavy. They're like 5,000 pounds a piece. Mm-hmm. And the, I have nowhere to put them. So I was going to build a, a pallet system, like a pallet racking system. And then I started getting the year started dwindling down. And I'm like, you know what, if I don't do buy something soon, it, it, the year is going to run out. So yeah. I bought some from Uline and had them delivered. And in the, in the transition of moving everything around, I had this a uh, couple of big open shelves that I needed to move. And uh, I don't know if you saw the post yesterday. I know Ben saw it. I know, actually, I know Brian saw it too because you guys both commented on it where the f- I decided to take a shortcut. <laughs> well, I, I actually have the video set up so you can actually hear the audio of it. If you haven't heard, like a lot of people watch the video without listening to the audio. The audio is by far one of the best yes. parts because it yes. just sounds like it just sounds like somebody dropped like 50 – like somebody dropped an engine when it went like in a box, you know, like where all the pieces just fell apart. It's just yeah. like, Brian, do you have that queued up so we can? Yes, I do. To it? <laughs> <laughs> 
It sounds like somebody's uh, dumping Legos, you know, out does, of a big right? bin. <laughs> so to give you a frame of reference, my garage door is open. And on either side of me, there's tenants in both of those units. And oh boy. they come running oh, over man. because they think like the mezzanine fell over or something, oh, you know. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and they're both they're like, oh, my God, we want to just check on you, make sure you're all right. And I'm like, yeah, just, you know, the shelf disintegrated basically in midair. And it oh, sounds so bad. It sounded yeah. terrible. It was really loud. So, yeah. Right. Uh, and, like, oh. as you can see it, it's, like, up on – and you just barely clipped the wheel. It looks like you missed it by about an inch. That's what it was. Yep. And, um, yep. I mean, the thing – the the shelf, if you if you haven't seen the video before, literally the shelf disassembles. There's there's not two <laughs> parts that are still connected by the time yeah, it touches say, the ground. I was going to say, there can't be one bolt and nut oh still my God. screwed together. <laughs> so, to give you an idea how lucky I was – the that thing fell and if you watch it again you'll see that it catches the fork and kind of spins itself upside down mm-hmm. and then that's when it kind of disintegrates when it does that it it there is so i have this big u-line shelf that holds all of my plate steel parts mm-hmm. and it's rated for like 3200 pounds per shelf and there's like five shelves on it and on the front of that i have taped pictures of my layouts for all my packing so if like somebody comes to help me pack they can look to see like the layout of how the steel goes on the thing that shelf fell and just ripped a corner of the paper that was taped to the front of that (laughs) shelf so like people are like wow how much damage did that create i'm like literally nothing Nothing. it skated across the the face of that shelf it just ripped that piece of paper (laughs) and then fell and then like destroyed itself not a single dent or damage to any other thing when it was falling i'm watching it and i'm like yeah that's going through the wall right and if it goes through the wall it's gonna go into my other tenants yeah that's gonna go into there (laughs) because those steel studs if probably steel studs in between right like there's drywall there's no insulation you know, Nothing. they're meant to be up and down, not pushed against, you know. The, the steel studs that are in those walls, you could take them and crush them with your yeah. hand. It's like aluminum foil. They're like, yep. there's nothing to them. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going through the wall. Yeah. And all the comments, like a majority of the comments on Instagram and Facebook were all like, it's amazing how calm you were throughout I know. that entire I thought thing. that too. Like, you where just am sat I going to go? Like, right. Yeah, I, what, you know, I can't go anywhere. It was I'm brilliant just, though. Cause like I'm inside people, of this cage. You'd see them like trying to get out of that cage, you know, but you're just like, that's so the cool. safest place to be. <laughs> just like, right. yeah, fuck it. There it goes. There it goes. <laughs> Goodbye. And the funny well, thing is, is I had moved another shelf in that exact same fashion, but oh. the first one I had strapped down. I had clamped hey. it down and I did all this. I got mm-hmm. distracted on the second one and Duresta. just put it up. That's, Duresta, that's the Duresta motto, man. Two straps or none at all, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Full send. Well, what Full it reminds send. me of, did you guys ever see that uh, video of Will Stelter trying to refurbish oh, this power God, hammer? Yeah. And the oh, thing topples so over. Brutal. Yep. It just brutal. reminded me of like just you sitting there watching that. Well, Will Stelter did the opposite where he like ran up to it and like went to grab it. Yeah, he damn near got crunched. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. If you see something falling and it can pin you or hurt you, the, the instinct just... is to save the item. But yeah, right. what's mo- mo- really in your mind, what you should think is that I'm going to just save my fingers and toes yeah, and all right. that. Your body. Just, well, just I'm sure in the kitchen, Nick, 
I mean, a falling knife doesn't have a handle. Right. Oh, right. right. That always yeah. surprised me. Uh, well, sh- shop safety stuff is always interesting. Um, a guy I follow who's actually just an awesome guy. If you don't follow him, Andy Berkey. Uh, Berkey's kind of a quirky, quirky, strange dude, but he owns it. And he does, um, he does a lot of Gothic um, churches and he does like repairs and, you know, he'll do new, new construction type stuff, but he'll come into like an old Catholic church or something and, you know, do this incredible mold casting and just really, really cool work. But he was pointing out, um, and he did it very classy. You know, sometimes the safety police uh, stuff gets a little intense online. Uh, but Berkey just had a screenshot of a guy, a uh, guy's YouTube video using a Japanese pole saw. And he's cutting a dowel that was sticking out of a piece of wood off. And of course, he's holding the piece of wood with his left hand holding the ja- the razor-sharp Japanese pole saw with his right, cutting towards his left hand, you know? <laughs> and every time I've ever used a pole saw like that, the last stroke always sends that saw skipping across the board, you know, a good six, eight inches. And this guy was almost guaranteed to bury the damn saw in his hand. <laughs> but Berkey pointed out, you know, he's like, think about this shit, you know, like if, if you're like, you see a power hammer falling, don't place yourself under it. You are not right. going to stop it. You know, don't run a circular saw over your knee because you're, you don't want to bend over to cut the board, you know, but we, we had a pretty interesting conversation. He and I back and forth just about that whole safety police culture online and how I find it really interesting that it's become almost taboo to mention anything safety related on the internet. You know, you, you instantly become a troll. <laughs> well, I think the problem is, is there's a lot of people talking out of school. Yes. And then, you know, so, you know, you get, and of course I got a lot of advice and feedback on what I did wrong with right. the shelf uh, thing. And a lot of it is funny, you know, it's yeah. like, I'll just put that there kind of comments or whatever, or yep. like clean up on aisle 12. And then, you know, of course, and there was a lot of people who genuinely thought that I didn't know what I did wrong. Right. After. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which I totally appreciate. Should have used a strap. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and I, sh- I should have, of course, they're not wrong. It's no. just, um, I shared that there. thing because it was so catastrophically epic. Yeah. That it just, it, it's, you got to, sh- and I, every time I watch it, I laugh. I think right? it's freaking hilarious. The shelf was a couple hundred bucks. It was like one of those yeah. cheap husky ones that was bent anyway. And I had Ugh. overloaded it too many times. And in fact, the irony of this <laughs> is that I had just spent 30 minutes fixing the caster oh, that was on the bottom of it. I thought you were going to tell me your wife already told you to throw it out twice that day. <laughs> so if you can imagine, I take the shelf, I prop it up, I pull the caster wheel off, the one that had failed. I was like, well, there's a failed caster on this. I'm going to fix that. So I'm now I'm bolting this caster onto it and blah, blah, blah. And then I proceed to catastrophically destroy the thing right <laughs> 10 minutes later. I'm like, and I was more pissed off about the caster. Right. So I was like, 
Now I gotta pull those casters off of there. They're brand new. Uh, I can't leave them on there. That's and just, those suckers are expensive too. Casters See, are ridiculous. The industrial casters. And the yeah. other thing is, you know, you had the shot absolutely perfectly framed so that, that it falls right in the center of the screen. I know it's almost All like right. conspiracy oh, okay. theorists might think theory. that I was doing this on purpose. <laughs> Man, and, this thing already is, you know, this thing is already kind of falling apart. It's yeah. bent. It's dinged However up. However you got to get your next piece of content. It's Here's what's funny out. about this. <laughs> is on, it doesn't even have that many plays on Instagram. Right? Uh, like, you think all it all those comments, you think it would. All the other videos that I make of me just talking right, got, shit or whatever are like 3,000 to 10,000. Some have a quarter million views on them. Yeah. This one has like 1,600 views on them. Oh, and that okay. post had great engagement. I mean, there's a ton of back ton and forth of engagement. on it. A yeah. ton of people call me a moron on there. Proof. I mean, come on. Proof. Instagram has gone to shit. Yep. <laughs> Somebody just commented on my YouTube channel. They're like, save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. They're like, I can't believe you don't have more subscribers. Like, what's what's the deal here? And I just responded with, it's hard. I mean, like, every yeah. single thing you do, Legit. it's just, it takes years now to build up a social media file. You really have to com- yeah. commit to it. And, uh, and actually, that was one of the things I was going to ask Nick. Nick, you seem very well versed in, uh, in what you do, obviously, and you're well spoken. Any consideration in having a social media presence and building that up over time? Honestly, my, uh, my, my personal Instagram, I think my last post was like Father's Day two or three years ago with a picture of me and my dad. <laughs> hey, I barely post as is. I, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I think really it'd be cool. I would love to see to that. that. Like the behind the scenes of, you know, a, a, a new, sh- you know, a newer chef in the industry. And I think it'd be really cool. Right. right. So you're not an attention whore like your brother is. Hey, no. <laughs> like Come all on. of us are. <laughs> I've, I've always liked being the, uh, the backstage guy. Yeah. Like in school and like dramas and tech crew and right on. Just. Yeah. Just behind bag, the scenes. Bag, bag man. The bag, baguette man. The baguette man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say in a, in culinary school, I got a perfect score on my baguette making Ooh. in my bread class. Wow, cool. I, I love I, I will, no I will brag about feet. that. 
Well, yeah, you got yeah. a perfect score in uh, baguette making and then the beer testing, didn't you? Yeah, that was a fun oh, class, too. We uh, had a, a class all about beer. Part nice. of the final was a, a, a blind tasting of six beers, and you had to say what all six types were. You got a perfect score oh. on that, too. There you go. To be fair, I was training for that one. A lot for of studying. Quite a, while. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of studying. I started studying for that one about sophomore year in high school. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I yeah, remember I cool. took a geography of wine class Ooh. in uh, college. That was, we had wine. It was a, I think it was like a twice a week class, hour and a half, twice a week. And it was at night. It was like seven to nine or something or seven to eight thirty. And the professor would always bring in like six bottles of wine. There was only like eight of us in the damn class. It was great. You can get sloshed. <laughs> so uh, we are now going to refer you refer to you as Ben the Semonier. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, oh, speaking of cooking. So I put, uh, I, uh, I, I've, I've had pretty amazing luck. This surgery is like, totally changed my life around here or something but i managed to uh win jk uh mr hartwell's waffle oh no fantastic and uh i'm now the proud owner of an incredible paring knife this thing is badass i don't know if you folks uh saw the post but the handle on that thing man i i saw the pictures and i was like whoa but i'll tell you what in person it's 10 times as beautiful as it looks online it's just badass but i put it to work new year's eve and uh cooked up some venison tenderloin and we had some chucker and pheasant jalapeno poppers and we uh my parents don't have a damn sharp knife anywhere close to their house so we were all lusting over the razor sharp paring knife. That thing was cutting everything. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking so of Jason. Thanks to Jason. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like maybe next week we might be having Jason and Pickle over for another oh, Smash Up episode. Yeah. And then, I like that Smash Up. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of, you know, it'd be a, cool to get them both back. Or I know we've already, um, Pickle's already been on the Work for Our podcast, but, you know, we've yeah. been saying we need Jason on here for a while, but. Hell yeah, we have. Speaking That's, of Jason, um, yeah, man. Um, so <laughs> last last episode, we did a bunch of um, New Year's resolutions type situation. Uh, yep. Jason actually sent one. I've I've had a couple of them come in just after the episode. So Jason went ahead and sent one in. So I'm gonna go ahead and play that now. What's up, Work for It podcast? This is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades. Uh, my New Year's resolution for my shop is to do better on marketing. I make some cool-ass blades, and uh, what good are they if nobody knows they're out there? Amen. So that is my goal for 2022, is to get myself out there a little more. Keep kicking ass, guys. See ya. Nice. He brings up a great point about uh-huh. uh, marketing and self-promotion. <clears throat> because uh, I will say uh, that I didn't do enough of that early in my career as well. And, yeah. uh, if you talk to any, uh, successful business person in whatever endeavor they're doing, um, shameless, shameless promotion is just something you got to learn to do and yeah. don't yeah. listen to the trolls. Just get out there and put yourself out there. 
whatever you're doing, post something on any particular or all of them uh, social media platforms because the more you do, the more people find out about you and the more people get to know you and that, you know, it may take a long time to translate into a sale, but if you never do it, you're just not going to get out there. So that's a great piece of advice for Jason because I think there's a lot of knife makers and crafts people who are making things on the regular who just don't feel like, oh, I should push this or put it out there or I'll just post it one time. No, post about it one time every day and just keep pushing. And Bald Man Knife and Tool, uh, a friend of mine, Brent, yeah, he did. He did a, a raffle, and it was like he had a specific amount of slots, and we were talking about it. And I was just like, "You got to push this every single day." So he, what he did was, when he had like the remaining ten slots, every single time he sold one, he would make another post. Nine yeah. slots left. Nice. Eight slots left. Six slots left. And what it did was, it created urgency. Right. And yep, then yeah. he sold out. And you know what, <clears throat> dude, that's the that's the, the way right do. way to do it. And, I'll tell you and he crushed it. I. uh I mean, I've got what 13 some thousand followers on Instagram. And if I look back over the three or four ish years that I've been posting on Instagram, 99% of those posts are me showing people how to do something, not showing them what I did. You know, I, I don't have any results. I don't usually show finished photography shots or anything like that. That has never been a focus. Um, and that was a mistake. You know, I'll be the first to say that. I think that was a mistake because I, 13,000 followers later, I really don't have a leg to stand on. You know, I don't have a, uh, I mean, I've got a platform and I've got an audience to an extent, but that audience isn't used to hearing the thing that I want them to hear. You know, it was always just a new lesson for the day kind of the other thing I'll mention, I've heard, and I, I can't quite tell if it's true yet or not, but that Instagram's going back to, or are, maybe already has in some cases, gone back to a chronological order oh, to yeah. where you'll see, um, to where instead of like algorithm based, where it shows you what it thinks you want to see, it'll go back to showing you the people you follow, uh, their content in chronological order. Twitter bounced back and forth on this shit for years. I don't know if it's true again, but um, Instagram published, uh, I guess it was mid-December. They put out, they called it a predictive trends report. And you can just Google that. Um, But it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting read. It's basically from the horse's mouth, you know, from the metaverse or whatever the hell it is now. Uh, what they predict the trends will be in 2022 uh, really heavy on reels uh, being the focus obviously in in video. But anyway, folks have a chance to read that. I think that if Instagram moves back to, or moves towards a chronological order, Brian, your, your mention of posting more frequently becomes even more, uh, you know, it becomes an even better thing to do, right? Because if you post three times a day and it's chronological, uh, if, if I'm following you and I open my app for the first time today, I may see two posts from you 
Whereas I might not see any from somebody else, you know? And also I think that'll really put an emphasis on posting at the correct times. You know, when people are getting up and checking their phone before they make breakfast and, you know, at lunchtime and at little after, you know, after five, six, seven o'clock. Big thing, you know, and, um, the, for the gram podcast a couple months ago. Now they did an episode where, uh, what's his name from the stump shop actually had a, a conference with uh, somebody that worked at Facebook. They reached out to him. They said, Hey, we'd love to have a chat, talk to you about what we think is coming and everything else. And and what that person said to him was that you need to be predictable enough for the algorithm to understand your schedule. Right. And yeah. so And she used examples like maybe you post a reel on Monday, a story on Tuesday. You know, she kind of rolled out a little bit of a scenario there. But I think the biggest thing, like you said, B. Cohn, is be predictable to your followers. One, because it's kind of, you know, it's nice. Everybody probably likes how we put this episode out every Thursday, you know. Um, But also the algorithm picks up on that. I had an experience with reels where... I never knew how powerful or how many people would see something that I made right away. And yeah. so when I did the little HM with the spider web thing for the forge press uh-huh. and I put that reel out, I posted it and then like was talking with Sarah about something. And then I looked down at my phone and it had 10,000 views on it in like yeah. probably Boom. 30 seconds, maybe like a minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's that many people looking at this and then it capped out. It was, yeah. like, it was crazy. It went 10,000, maybe 11,000 or something. And then it just, just stopped. Dead. Yep. I had the dead. exact same thing happen a couple days ago where I did <clears> that, um, anvil bounce. The, the, basically I set up both of my anvils where, yeah, um, I thought that would have got a lot. Yeah. Where the, the, it's first of all, it's only a seven second video where one yep. it's, it's dropping on that Harbor freight and it like the first rebound is like three inches tall and it just <laughs> dies right video, out. By the way. And then the next one, it right after that is the Hey button anvil. It, it bounces back like 80%. And then, you know, of course bounces all the way out. And I thought because it's so short, you know, it's pretty yeah, repeatable. Like you, you see it the first time you're like, oh crap, let's, you know, <laughs> let's see in comparison to the first one again. So you get, normally I was thinking maybe you'd get a couple viewings per person. And like, I did the same thing where I posted it and within like 10 minutes, it was at like, I think it was at 7,000. And then for the first 10 minutes, it got 7,000 views. And then the next 10 minutes, it got like 8,000 views. And then the next 10 minutes, it got like, 12 views and now it's, it's, it's capped out at just a little, yeah. little under 9,000 views. And it's like, okay. well, obviously like people love that for, you know, the first, t- why not just continue? Come on. Oh, there's <laughs> just so much, so many reels being pumped into that feed, right? That, that I think that the refresh rate on the algorithm picking up what it thinks is good is so at, at different times of the day is so frequent, you know, it's like, um, maybe, maybe there's something to that timing of reels where you maybe want to post your reel when there aren't a lot of other people posting a reel, you know, because then you have less competition. Right. But it's also, I think to an extent, right. Just that constant reminder that Instagram's not evergreen, you know, oh, it's for not, sure, for sure. not a YouTube. And I think, yeah, that's, I, I even like that giveaway post that I made, um, 
that's one of the things I've always disliked about giveaway posts is that usually they get buried a week back in your feed. And if, mm-hmm. you know, if you're posting every day, which I'm not right now, so it's not quite as bad, but if you're posting every day and you do a giveaway that lasts two weeks to enter, you know, that's a long ass way to scroll back in somebody's feed. You have to um, post that thing. On yeah. A you got to keep, sure. keep whoring it out, you know? And yeah, yeah, that's sure. it's something I, th- I, would like to improve in the coming year as well as put your face in the video more, right? Show. Sure. Uh, let's not get crazy, Ben. Yeah. Let's not not do this. (laughs) I like being anonymous, just a voice, a voice of, of unreasonable. (laughs) Wait a second, Ben, you're, you're talking about a new year's resolution. Do you, did you uh, come up with a new year's resolution you want to talk about? Well, First thing I want to do is gain back the 15 pounds I lost in the, sure, in the sure. jail cell there. But <laughs> uh, I've been working on that pretty good. But Yeah, for so sure. I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is, um, you know, sorting out what's next. So I don't I don't have a day job anymore. <laughs> sure. Um, and so trying to figure that out. But for the next six months or so I'll my my goal here is to be leaning into my social media content creation stuff I've got some ideas for some videos that I want to make instead of you know like videos that I need to make for tool companies or or whomever and so I'm going to focus on that I the first quarter of the year I want to put out three videos that I wanted to make and that's uh, awesome yeah We'll start there and see what happens. Well, cool. Um, Actually, I've got one last uh, resolution video that I had sent in. This is actually from Jeremy from Simple Little Life. Nice. Oh, LOL. I have it muted. My bad. (laughs) Good Uh, good resolution, Jeremy. I concur. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, Let's try that again. Hey guys, my name is Jeremy Gertz, and I have a YouTube channel called Simple Little Life. I'm a full-time knife maker and content creator. This year, I'm going to give myself one day just for deep thinking. I think it's going to be Wednesdays. I've been talking about this with my wife. But you know, the information we get nowadays comes at us so fast. It's like a 15-second sound clip or a little bite of this, a super short video on YouTube. <laughs> it's just all these cool things. And I don't feel that I give myself enough time to dwell on some of these that I'd like to. To deep think about stuff. Maybe learn. I want to learn Hebrew. I want to learn other languages. I want to have a day to like, where I can write ideas down. Where I can just start writing a book or writing a journal. Just a day for deep thought without influence of social media, anything like that. Just a calm day for thinking books and writing and i think that will have a big impact in my shop it'll give me time to dwell on ideas and delve into them better to figure things out that have that i've been you know up against for a while that's my resolution for this year thank you brian and brian for asking what i was planning on doing and i really look forward to seeing what others are saying as well happy new year everybody cheers awesome as usual he crushed it. Oh man, oh, yeah. he's, he's so incredible. much information incredible. in that clip. It reminds me, are you guys familiar with uh, Google Time? So uh, Google, as a company, gives their employees—I don't remember how much time it is—but I think it's like a day every two weeks, or a day every month, or something 
where Google pays them the same rate and everything else. And literally they're supposed to work on anything but their actual day job. And uh, what they found is that most people ended up working on something that somehow circled back to benefit their day job. You know, like a lot of some of the kind of obscure Google products that have launched or come out and maybe been farts in the wind, but some of them have stuck came out of like Google projects, Google time projects. We actually, uh, the program that I worked for, for with the forest service, we adopted that when our program was first formed and we could do the same thing. Ours was three days a month of Google time. And if you wanted to go learn how to be a damn carpenter during those three days, (laughs) no problem. Go learn how to be a carpenter. So did you use that time to, you know, work on woodworking and make money on the side? (laughs) I I, I should have. (laughs) Should have. I should have. Actually, we built an app. Another coworker of mine and I built a, it was called Wildfires Near Me. And it was an app that you could basically build these geofenced locations. So you could say, notify me about any wildfire that starts within 25 miles of Boise. Okay. And so you could monitor as many places as you wanted and it would warn you. And then it would also, uh, like if, if we got an actual perimeter of the fire, we, we started building in like predictive analyses to where if the fire looked like it was burning towards your direction, you know, we would say the fire's moving towards your direction and it is now X number of miles away. And we tied a, we just did a whole bunch of data polls from all the, services that we had out there and it was a pretty cool little app but it might even still be up i don't know but it was kind of busted anyway we built that app and several others <laughs> so it, proof that you know it was like the google time we we never would have had time to do those things uh in the course of our day job but giving us that time to um be creative and think more deeply about you know, I worked with data every single day, gobs and gobs of wildfire data every day and had all these ideas about how we could be or should be using it, but never took the time, you know, it would cost too much money or it would, you know, we couldn't get the required work done or whatever the excuses were. We, we never would have got to those things. So I think like yeah. to Jeremy's point, like that thinking about problems differently or just have time to do that's awesome. Or we even, do have oh, we sorry. do have an go I, I, real quick. I we do have an issue with with thinking. I think, and I yeah. think this is. Um, <clears throat> so there's a funny meme out there that I say on the regular to make Sarah laugh, and it was a somebody sent this to me, and they said the real pandemic is how stupid everyone is, <laughs> and yeah. um and <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and then I also I love that Sarah's in the other room right now, right? <laughs> and uh, she finds that so funny. And um, and then also George Carlin used to say this thing. He'd say, "Think about how dumb the average person is, and half of them are dumber than that." Right. And uh, and and of course, it's super derogatory, and it's like really negative. So I really don't. I find it funny. So yep. don't anybody take it the wrong way because I don't think people all these people are dumb because no. I don't. So what you but should I do, guys. Is- Take that audio <laughs> clip, right. condense it right down Foster to that point, and just put it over and over ten again. Reels with on no Instagram. context whatsoever, <laughs> just play it over and over. The, the 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 what I think though that I take away from that is is um when I first started the grinder project, there was 
some guy who met, um, commented on my first one of my first posts of like releasing the plans, and he was like, he's like, why wouldn't you? Why would people pay you twenty dollars for your plans when they can just think for themselves and build their own? And I, my response was, is that a lot of people don't want to think; they just want to be told what to do, or like they want to read and enjoy someone else's work, and you know, just produce something because it helps yeah. them learn. And he, and his response was, people don't want to think. And it became and a question mark. And it right. became this insanely long thread of people commenting oh, back that. going, dude, are, what world are you living in? All these people don't want to think. They just yeah. want to kind of be right. fed all of this information. And what I think I'm, I'm deep diving into what Jeremy's saying here oh, is so he is saying that take a minute for yourself even yeah. like use him as an example and think about the things that are going on around you because it is a game changer. I yeah. use deep thought and I can't commit to what Jeremy's doing, taking a day and setting it aside. What I do do though, is if you ever notice that my studio and workshop is fairly clean and organized, I take the time to organize and clean as my deep thought. Yeah. you know, process. And it's pretty much every day, you know, I try to clean up after I'm done working in there and, and make sure that my space is set up for the next day. During that process though, I am contemplating my next business strategy moves, like things I want to work on, maybe yeah. creative projects. So listening to Jeremy say that really hits, hits home for me. And uh, it's, it's great to hear that he's putting that much thought. And if you look at Jeremy's career and his success over time, Phenomenal. it is because of the amount of thought he puts into everything. So I would, I mean, add, shoot, even, even right down to, we asked for a 60 second clip and he, edited and he, <laughs> he shot it and edited it and yeah. made it, made that little funny fast forward port. Yeah. Like, come on. Like that's, that's well, above that's, and beyond. That's awesome. That's what I was going to say. Right. Is I think there's even maybe an, in a, in a little addendum to what you're saying, Brian, and that is that have that thought, but then be prepared to take action. Mm -hmm. Right. Is, and I, I have found myself countless times and it's probably back to what i was saying earlier why you know you build a big following on social media but that still doesn't amount to a hill of beans well i i never took the next step i never took the action i was the guy that said why the hell would i make plans for that stool anybody can build it from looking at the picture you know there's always going to be that you know, excuse right but it. and i it's taken me a long time to realize that, right? Is that now I see it like, well, of course people don't want to think about it. They don't want to, oh, is that an eight inch top on that? Is that eight by 10? I can't tell. Oh, is that whole offset? You know, silly little details like that. And for a couple bucks, like I've had two leather patterns on Etsy and I sell two or three of them a week. And they are the dead simplest leather patterns. <laughs> One's a sunglass case and one is a, a leather cover for a field notes notebook. So it's just dead simple. They're, and they're, but it's, it's a time saver yeah. for the, whoever's buying it. Yeah. They don't have to put any thought no or thought. any energy Print it into out, it. Print it out, you know, put it on, over a piece of leather, scratch all it out, you know, scratch it out and cut it out, you're done. And I think if more folks realize that when they're starting – a business or starting, you know, to sell knives or sell whatever it is. Um, I would encourage people 
don't just look at the product that you're making, the thing that you hold in your hands when you're done. Look at some of the processes that you use to get there and find a way to also monetize those, right? And because I guess really thinking about it, like, you know, being a maker, you, you want to make a lot of the tools in your shop because, you know, that's just kind of the cheaper way to do it. Well, for instance, like I, if I were making knives and I want sheaths, you know, when I first started, I was making the sheaths. Well, I made, if I, I took the route of just figuring it out myself and the sheaths that I are making look like, look like yeah. shit. I mean, they were really bad. Yeah, well, you know, if, if you're, if, if you're looking at that, like, you know, I'm not going to be a leather maker, so let's right. go ahead and find a good leather maker and see their templates, buy that, and, yeah. you know, kind of quickly, you know, flatten that arc of, you know, learning how to do it by actually doing it professionally because you have the templates from a professional. Well, yeah. you know, like, for instance, like, when I was going to buy a grinder, like, if I were to buy, like, I would have gone and bought Brian's plans because I don't have time to completely, from scratch, engineer a right. belt grinder. I just want to get it built to put it on, you know, put it on my desk and start grinding. You so I think buy... I think there's a lot of quality and there's a lot of, you know, need for those plans. And, you yeah. know, yes, there is that, you know, what I imagine was an old angry machinist um, on Brian's post. Right. Saying, well, people don't want to think for themselves. Well, you know, they, they are thinking for themselves. It's just going down their own rabbit hole, be it knife making or be it woodworking or be it whatever. You they just to want have... to focus on what they want to do. And, you know, they can find the plans from someone else to get them closer to that goal. Yeah. Experience is the best teacher, right? We can all agree on that. Sometimes your own personal experience isn't the best teacher, right? So you lean on other people's experience. Sometimes you have to pay for that. Sometimes that just comes from working hand in hand with somebody or observing somebody in a YouTube video or something like that. You know, however it happens, that transfer of knowledge is often less painful when you buy, you know, Brian House plans instead of having to reverse engineer every, you know, the hours that are spent uh, have been spent on Brian's in Brian's shop coming up with those plans. It would take you a lifetime, you know, to do yourself. So I think that's important is being able to lean on other people's experience. It's yeah. And I think what the other part of this is, is <clears throat> I don't think the same way you think, you no. know? So if I, I approach a project differently, but I'm you know, always right. Yeah, that's true. This is true. This is true. And you know, you look at a project one way, and you yeah. and you know the tools that are available, and the you know the engineering that goes behind it, and and I look at it another way. And the the, the simplest way to kind of boil this down is through collaboration. If you're yeah. ever standing in a room, like when you know, if you can imagine a bunch of guys getting together, I always think of that Apollo 13 right. scene yeah. where they're they dump all the stuff on the table. They're like, you have to build an air filter out of this. Yeah. It's because all of those minds. They're in the same sphere. They're all working in the same kind of place, yeah. but they, they all, all think differently. Yeah. yeah, they all have. They all think a little differently. So they're all looking at it like, well, maybe if we do this, this, and this, we can solve the problem. And then, but of course, if you did that, and in, instead of ten guys standing around the table with all that stuff, you put one guy or two guys, yeah. the the process would probably come out. The outcome would be completely different. So, do you think you approach as, it differently? Uh, do you think as makers? 
we maybe struggle with that a little bit more, you know, like in the corporate world, that teamwork is kind of a, you know, it's a big thing, right? There's whole office buildings full of people and you, you get together for brainstorm sessions and powwows and all that other kind of shit. But as makers, we tend to hole ourselves up in a wood shop or a metal shop and beat the shit out of something until it takes the right shape, <laughs> you know, and we come out and we like, all right, motherfucker, I got a tool rest, you know? Uh, but if there was five other makers in there, you might have 10 times the tool rest in half the time, you know? And I often wonder that sometimes we, we tend to put ourselves in vacuums a bit. I think less so now with, you know, YouTube and the internet and things like that. Um, but I, I find myself doing that, you know, where I could probably spend 10 minutes looking up something and find 10 awesome ideas that I can incorporate into it, you know, and, and rather than spend those 10 minutes, I just start gluing shit together, you know, or, or, you know, screwing things together and, I've got my own shop cabinet, not somebody else's, damn it. <laughs> and it's not an well, ego thing or it just kind of happens that way. No, I think you're right because it's sometimes it's more fun to do what sure. you're saying. And, but I think like, if you look at Brian Cohn, like he's always collaborating with people doing yeah. Instagram lives and trying to connect with people. And, you know, in that regard, because you get different ideas from those yeah. people and that's, that's just kind of how it goes. So, uh, all right, great, great yeah. segue, Brian. I appreciate it. Do we have any other, uh, um, new year's resolutions, any other recordings? That's the ones that I have on my phone. Um, I guess Nick's sitting here. Do you have any oh, resolutions shoot. for the year? Um, yeah, I was hoping to get back in the gym eventually. I've been out of that since, honestly, since COVID hit. All gym shut down and stuff, so, yeah, hopefully just... Maybe finding that new job now that right, you're right. Oh, in between. Oh, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too worried. I mean, shit, there's 6,000 plus restaurants and every one of them has a help wanted sign. I'm not, I'm not too worried about finding, keep finding that a place to keep that best looking... Cook. Cone Brother Award going for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Trying my best to keep the hair on my head. I know we don't have very good genetics for that. Yeah. Between our grandpas and Ooh. our dad. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. Well, uh, I, that sounds all like a, the, those are good things for you, Nick, moving forward into 2022. And, um, and, and I want to shift into WFI projects for a yeah, minute man. because yeah. I've got a couple of, of things that I want to discuss. I'm going to pull the first one out that's been jumping out at me because uh, I love these types of projects. And it's Moxie Engineering and in um, Groveland Township, Michigan. Uh, hey. He is, yeah. So he's also a, a, a patron of ours. So nice. uh, he's been supporting us. Uh, let's see. Since November 20th of 21, Sean Michael Owen, he is developing a knife vice. And so I don't know if you've seen oh, this. Oh, yeah. That, mm. that cool knife vice that he put together. Is that the one with I've the two never... toggle switches or is. Is that, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's got it's got like uh, these these toggle clamps or whatever that are kind of like holding things down. Is that your ringtone, Nick? No, that was um, who was it? That was Jamie Jamie Draw. Oh, oh, His, I got you. Uh, it's it's Ben actually. The, yeah, sorry, I'm on the I'm on the WFI project. Like, whose ringtone can I make fun of this morning? But uh, 
the uh, the 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 Moxie Engineering Knife Vice. He's putting this out as a product. I don't know if you saw, but he's made a bunch of them, and uh, yeah, the fantastic little device. So go check that out, Moxie, which is M O X I E, and then E N G M A C H on Instagram. Check out his design for the Knife Vice. I see success in his future. Yeah. Speaking of um, speaking of success. Um, I know we've already brought up J.K. Blades, Jason, over there a few times, but I am looking at these Kydex sheets that he posted on WFI Projects. Oh, dude, he's... Oh, cute. my God. I bring I keep bringing up his Kydex, and that's definitely something I want to play with in the new year. But just to see the evolution from the first Kydex to even just a couple of weeks ago to these ones he just posted on about 15 hours ago on WFI Projects, these are looking like proper professional Kydex sheets, and... That is goals for me for the new year. So, of course, J.K. Blades, everyone knows who he is. If you're not following him, come on, jump on it. I can tell you, I've got one of his uh, Kydex sheaths sitting right beside me and uh, came with that paring knife, and that thing snaps right in perfectly. Mm -hmm. It is, it's a thing of beauty, honestly. He's, He's doing some killer work. I was looking at those knives aren't half bad either. I mean, no, the knives in there, man, it's yeah. unbelievable. His his layering, he's layering like G10 liner, liners yeah. over liners, and it's like just absolutely beautiful work. Oh, you this handle see his on that paradise. craftsmanship is is yeah. stepping up big time. Yep. Big time. This uh, Michael Bergfalk, uh, he's got a. Is it a chef knife? What is it? Um, oh, he says his friend commissioned him to build it. I don't. I'm trying to get a date. December. It was on Christmas Day. He posted this. It's got a gorgeous Damascus. Um, and I don't know what that wood is, but really cool looking handle. The handle and the blade just go stunningly well together. But that's pretty sweet. Hallow's Eve Forge. I don't know if you guys saw this one. It's a gr- like a jade green burl that he's using, and oh, uh, very. It's it's got like a patinaed blade, yep. so he's he's a new new contributor to WFI projects. Which yeah, that like a mosaic pin and in, in there. Yeah, the blade, uh, the handle with that kind of, I don't know what it is. It look brass color just ties in with the blade. Really cool too. Like it just kind of matches nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like he snapped the tip off of this initially mm. and then shortened it. Oh, so if, maybe. If you you scroll through, <clears throat> you can see all the different uh, stages of that development of that knife, which I really love, by the way. A lot yeah. of people actually don't do that. They just show the final right. uh, piece, you know, which I appreciate as well. But going through like this guy's post is like 10 oh, photos of the process. That's so, uh, Brute de Forge, they call that? Is that what the Brute, Brute de Forge. Yeah, is? so if you go to Hallow's Eve Forge, Josh Myers is his name, and he has 555 followers at present. Uh, go give him a follow. Oh, there you go. I like that. Hit that <laughs> nice, follow nice. button. And he is now contributing to WFI Projects. We appreciate that very much. Fantastic work. Now, here's here's a person you absolutely have to check out. Echo underscore Blades. 
So I've, I'm looking at a knife here. It's got a green, like, epoxy and, bl like, black um, and green epoxy handle. And first of all, the first thing that jumped out to me is the absolute clean lines, the oh, handle, every single thing on it looks like it's all of the grind lines are perfectly straight. And I'm reading through his little description down here, and it says, I started making five knives months. five months ago. Jiminy, what the heck? How about it? This guy is killing it for five months in. Let me tell you, my if you took one of my knives and looked at it when I was five months into into knife making, it looks like dog shit in comparison to this. So <laughs> Echo underscore Blades, this guy only has oh, well I'm gonna go ahead and follow him because 123 now. 123 followers. Where does he live? Do you know? He's got tomato plants in the background of that picture. I'm not quite sure. I'm not seeing it in his in his post anywhere, but yeah, that is ridiculous. He could be in the southern hemisphere. He could That's be what I'm in thinking. Australia, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Summertime. Echo underscore blades. Check that out. He's got 42 posts out already. And he, and he mentions uh, James over at Redbeard Ops. He says mm -hmm. he was inspired oh, yeah. by James and his work. So. Yeah, man. I always love to hear the origin story about how somebody gets sucked into knife making, and in the next episode, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna. Just I've, I'm going down a rabbit hole of uh, laminating steel, like forging, but um, Damascus and San Mai. So I'm just watching tons of YouTube, and I got sucked into that works. I don't know if you guys. Oh have man, phenomenal! Yeah. <clears throat> well, they started. They subscribed. I didn't even know it existed. They subscribed to my channel. That's Chris and, Cash um, and those guys. It's Chris. Yeah, yeah and Ilya and Matt and. Yep. I had met them at Blade Show briefly. You know, and I can't remember how we started talking, but whatever. And then I didn't put, you know how you don't put two and two together. And then you realize, yeah. like, I see a subscriber on my channel that has close to a million su subscribers. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. And then I clicked and I started watching. Their stuff is a, is phenomenal. Not so to get off topic. They did a, really great. if I'm not mistaken, they, they used to be on a man at arms or something on the history channel. Is that true? I don't where know they that. started, I I believe, or they did a few seasons of Man at Arms, Ilya and um, Matt, and then I believe it. They're, the quality think, of their work is, yeah, is outstanding, and their production. Where I don't think people realize how long oh. it takes to produce something like what they produce on YouTube. If you watch yeah. any of that work stuff, it is like watching the History Channel. It I is. Mean, it is. Yeah. And it, these guys produce it themselves in their own little workshop and studio and then produce. It's like it a just, barn. Chris you Cash learn a lot barn. and it's entertaining at the same time. So yep. it's kudos to those guys. It's They're great. Awesome. Um, yeah. There's also a great episode. Uh, I think both Matt and Ilya were on Fader's podcast. Uh, right. Which I, Ilya, is how I think deep. they found me was because yeah. I was on there and then they, I think Matt listens to it or something. Yeah. And, connected me <clears throat> i've been watching uh mark vanderwerf in his journey as well yeah with, and it's super inspiring by the way because when you watch somebody who's never done something before create something like what he's doing with the laminated steel and sand mine and damascus and all of that plus you, you know we kind of know mark right so right. Like, you know we're watching him do this with homemade tools it's really inspiring. It, it makes is. me want to go out and do it. You know, I'm like yep. watching him. I'm like, Oh, I got to get some time. I got to get some time to, you know, do that. So just to have, yeah, for sure. Spend that time prototyping and just some might call it tinkering, but that's where it all starts. 
Brigham Kindell, his, him and his son, were making mini oh, yeah. blacksmith knives from cutoffs of 1084 that they got from another one of our patron supporters, Maritime Knife Supply. Yeah. .com. And a lot of people don't know this, but you can, even though they are in Canada, you can take advantage of the Canadian USD mm-hmm. exchange rate and sure. get some pretty awesome deals. So, yeah, man. Speaking of forging out 1084, Nick, that's that's what Nick and I were forging on the last couple of days with his offsets oh. rated. Nick, oh, yeah. how, how was your time in the shop the last uh, couple of days? It was, it was a good time. Uh, you can't help but to feel like a badass when you're hammering on red yeah. metal. Well, when you're but standing it's, next it's to your brother. definitely a learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> wow, guys. I really appreciate it, Ben. Good friend oh, over there. I couldn't resist. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> I'm just kind of figuring out how to move metal around, shape it up, and fix your fuck up. We definitely yeah. did a lot of that. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A lot of tacoing. Yeah. Especially when we're trying how, to smush the blade a little skinnier. Has it been, because um, B-Cone, you don't usually have, I mean, I guess you do to an extent. You, you, you have had a fair number of folks, like uh, what's his name, your video guys, done some smithing with you and <laughs> yeah kyle's definitely squished a little bit of steel as well yeah. but this is the first time going from you know beginning to end where i'm kind of saying okay well the next process you're going to want to do this or you're going to yeah. want to you know bend it this way or that way so it's, it's kind of fun good, to right yeah i mean that's something yeah. i want to do in the future do like little blacksmithing classes um but um, yeah, it was definitely really cool to have Nick in the shop, especially, you know, I don't, I only see him about once or twice a year, yeah. realistically once a year you come up for Christmas. So right. just to spend that time and, you know, what get a, a cool little bit of a of. workout in the yeah. shop and definitely yeah. a workout. I was so sore the next morning. <laughs> I'll bet. I've always thought that I don't think up, I like, could be a blacksmith. Side <laughs> of your neck all the way down to your elbow is just can't move it for the first couple minutes after you get up. Yep. Blacksmithing yeah. sounds to me like Amish woodworking. So I want to sh- shout out one more piece, the uh, Providence Woodwork. Uh, we, oh, we, I was we, just about to pull yeah. that one up. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you it. looking at the, bl- the black handle with the turquoise liner? It's like uh, a, I am now. It's it's like a, I don't know what steel this is, but he put a really cool sort of bluing patina on it. Looks like a kitchen knife uh, yeah. with a really interesting bolster. It's, it's it's like a patterned. I don't know if it's epoxy or whatever, but if Providence Woodwork Woodworks, let me say that correctly. Oh, it's yeah. eighty five seventy is what he says. It's eighty five seventy steel. So. Provident, Providence Woodworks on Instagram, and as of right now, 145 followers. He needs he needs some love, so go check him out. Uh, he's a regular contributor to WFI Projects, but that piece is really beautiful. Yeah, and actually, I was looking at his post with the um, wood. Basically, it's a it's a wooden blade, wood wood little wooden knife for. Yeah, it, for it says underneath a wooden sheep's foot for a young man who isn't quite old enough for a steel one. So that's awesome. Ah, that's cool. That would be kind of a cool little present for yeah. Christmas or whatever. Uh, I was just looking at Ethan the Hat, who did a little wood turning, but he's also uh, he's just director of production at Elbow Chocolates. And an aspiring knife maker and chronic DIYer. 
he's got quite a few blades he's he's uh messed around with as of late and looks like he does a bit of woodworking too wood turning and we discussed him a little bit oh, did on you? the last podcast i didn't make yeah, it to the end so. with, yeah yeah and uh i think we're correct in calling him a chocolatier but chocolatier, maybe i'm wrong nice confectioner i don't know there's yeah. a, a bunch of names for somebody who makes things sweet making and the candy so right, speaking so, of this Echo Blades guy, he actually I just followed him and he sent me a message. I'm I just asked him if he wants to jump on live, do a quick live stream, and maybe he can introduce himself real quick. Yeah, I it, will he be able to hear us? I'm wondering though. Like I know that one at one time you had to switch over. Maybe we just be quiet and like you you can bring him on. Well, give us just a we second. He's a I literally just asked him if he wants to jump on. So let's go on to let's go ahead and do a dad joke, and maybe we'll we'll have a special guest right at the last. That's second. a good segue because I do have a dad joke queued hey. up, and this is a really good one. This is a really good one. I'm gonna. This is a question, so I'm gonna ask it. Uh, what crime do blacksmiths most commonly get charged with? It's kind of a riddle, too. What crime do blacksmiths most commonly get charged with? What crimes? Forgery. It was so obvious. (laughs) So obvious. It's so obvious. But that's good. That's from Nate Walpole over at Walrus Steel. Love it. There we go. There we go. Who was, I think, on sabbatical. So if uh, you you get a chance, go reach out to Nate and... Uh, you know, chit chat with him a little jokes. bit about what he's got going on because he's setting up a workshop right now. Nice, nice, nice. I liked. Nice. Um, I enjoyed the trivia portion of the art of craftsmanship episode, and it's inspired me. I've got a small collection, and it's growing uh, of trivia questions that maybe we'll pull out with Pickle and Jason. I, I think that's an excellent idea because I also love that. I'm yeah. not coordinated enough to like put all that together, yeah. but Devin is so good at it. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he really puts that, he really put a lot of thought into all that. So it was really cool. Speaking of Devin O'Hara, who is one of our patrons, uh, I'd like to shout out all of our patrons real quick. Yeah. Currently at this moment, we have 30 patrons. That's incredible. In our- in Just our list exploding. of fantastic human beings on planet Earth. Mark Vanderwerf, of course, our OG patron. Justin Miller, Florida Man Forge. Devin O'Hara of the Art of Craftsmanship, the cameraman behind it. And I will graciously say that his brother also contributes. Uh, I can't remember his name at, the, at Dustin? this point. Yeah, I think it's Dustin. He's got so many brothers, I can never remember them all. Uh, (laughs) I know. Yeah, there's a gaggle of them, isn't there? (laughs) There is a gaggle of them, those O'Hara brothers. I'm kidding, of course. It's Dustin and Devin O'Hara of the Art of Craftsmanship. Noah Bloomberg of Entiat River Forge. Michael Nye. Jamie Blow. Jamie the Squid. Eric. Bob Ryan. Brigham Kindell. Scott Wilkerson. Menster Hill Forge. Keith Drennan. Bob, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives, Jason Moss, our man in Texas, Mark LeBlanc, north of the border in Canada, 
Ken Kimna, Crafty Man Forge, James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Pocket Knives, Cardoso Knives, Sean Michael Owen, big time top supporter, Sean Michael Owen of Moxie Engineering, go check him out, and his knife vice, knifematerial.at is a supporter, Moonshine Leatherworks, our our main uh, 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 prankster, <clears throat> uh, Brian Absher, uh, Working Hands Podcast. If you're not li- listening to the Working Hands Podcast, go check Good them show. out. And I'm I'm putting I'm putting two and two together now. Keith Drennan, yeah, who is another supporter of ours, is on, on the Working Hands Podcast. So we can I interrupt you for just a second? Um, yes, of course. I have Echo Knives here live. I think that. Um, okay. He will be able to hear me, but I don't think that he'll like he'll be able to hear Brian and Ben. So Echo, 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 how you doing? <laughs> Introduce yourself real quick. Hey, yeah, uh, Jared with Echo Blades, new maker. Kind of a uh, little overwhelmed right now. Not sure what's uh, going on, but happy to see you and talk to you guys. Hey, so actually, we're on the Work for It podcast right now as we speak. We're recording, and I just have you on here and. Th- the audience oh, will wow. be able to hear you. So, yeah, go oh, ahead and geez. introduce yourself and let us know about what you're working on. Um, well, I'm a brand new maker, just a couple months into it. Um, one day woke up, decided I want to try to make some knives. Uh, did um, Never worked on anything in my life. I think I was 40 years old. First time I ever cut a piece of wood on purpose. Nice. Uh, I built a bench, so that was like last year. Um, and then since then, I've had uh, some uh, awesome people, met some uh, cool people that have helped me along. To I've built a 2x72 uh, Revolution grinder, hey. you know. Uh, thanks to Brian's uh, idea, reached out to him, told him thank you for, you know, the awesome stuff that he does. And, uh, you know, uh, my buddy's a machinist, so he's helped me build all kinds of tools, you know, making oh, tools to oh. make tools. You know, I'm completely overwhelmed by how awesome this knife community has been and uh, yeah, for sure, the process for sure. that it's in. So I think we all concur with you on that one. Uh, so what is the next big project for you? What 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 is it that you're working on? Um, I'm going to do some surface grinding attachments okay cool uh small wheel attachments for the for the grinders uh for the grinder excuse me um and uh that's pretty much what i got going on right now awesome well go ahead and let the listeners know where can people find find you i'm at uh, echo uh underscore blades on instagram and that's pretty much what i got like i said so New and uh, just excited. I can't believe awesome. this is happening. Awesome. So. Brian, find out Appreciate where it, he is located. Wait, wait a second. Brian's well, Brian's in my ear right now. Where where are you located? Where where are you? Oh, uh... I'm in I'm in Brentwood, California. Oh, cool, cool. Mm. Yeah, oh, right next sense. to uh, to Mr. Tyrell uh, Knifeworks. Oh man, you got to reach out yeah. to that guy. That's 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 I one have, hell of a person. I have been super super lucky to have hooked up with him, and he's awesome. helped me out um, a lot. So well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. We're uh, about an hour and 47 minutes in, and yeah, you'll you'll be on the podcast. So have a great rest of your day, man. Man, right on, dude. Thank you. See ya. Killer. <laughs> I love that we have this Good technology work, now. Once, once we figure out how, how we can all uh, right. bark at the person on the other line, that's going to be super cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and real quick, real quick, I, uh, I want to finish shouting out the remainder of the uh, uh, patrons. 
Ryan Coakley. I mentioned last week that I thought Ryan Coakley was actually Red Knives. It is not. That is a different Ryan. Ryan Coakley is Chadbourne uh, uh, Knives. So if uh, Ryan Chadbourne. So if you got to connect the two, I have to double down on being a dunce on that one. I didn't realize who he was. Uh, I, I actually did not know his last name for some. I don't even know how I didn't know this, but because uh, I talk with him all the time. Carol Ann Jeanette of, uh, of Instagram, she's Kyle Jeanette on Instagram, our executive director of wooden knife or wooden spoon carving. Uh, she is uh, doing awesome work on Instagram. Oxford Blade Company, so Oxford Blade Co. Uh, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, mentioned them earlier. They are also a uh, patron contributor. Richard Beck of Beck's Armory, he's doing awesome things over there if you need uh, he sells grinders. He sells forge. Uh, I believe he makes forges and burners and all kinds of other stuff. Go check him out. And our newest patron, our newest and latest greatest patron. You've heard this name before. Mr. Jared Weaver is now nice. a $10 hang 10 Woo. My man. contributor to our patron. So we appreciate you all 30 of you. Thank you so much for making this podcast possible. We really cannot do it without you. Thank you so Amen. much. Well, cool, guys. Yeah, I think that was yeah. a good podcast. I think so, too. I'm going to end fun. it right now because I got to get to work. I got oh, a, a bunch of stuff I got to take over the post office, get all these grinder kits out. And uh, I appreciate everyone who has supported all of our work throughout the years right here on the Work For It podcast. And when you support our work, it doesn't just mean financially. It means when you're listening, you're commenting. You're hashtagging WFI projects. All of those things count as support. We appreciate you. Truly, truly appreciate you. Have a great working week. Hard work and good luck. This has been Brian House. Brian Cohn. Nick Cohn. Ben Butler. Have a great great one, guys. Work for it, baby! Let's go! Come on, come on, come on. We'll see you later. See you later. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.